Hello, this is the Town Manager Download, a podcast about local government in the town of Shrewsbury. I'm Shrewsbury Town Manager Kevin Mizikar, and as always, I'm joined by Principal Department Assistant Taylor Galusha. Today's podcast episode is going to cover the Shrewsbury 2030 Strategic Plan and Process Improvement. This will actually be our first two-part episode. Part one will feature the details of the strategic plan, and in part two, we'll be joined by Julie Tierney, the town's business systems analyst, to talk about process improvement and agile management and how, how we'll rapidly accelerate the implementation of the Shrewsbury strategic plan. Welcome, Taylor. How's everything going? Doing good. That's good. So um, what's been going on, just generally? I just got back from my mother-daughter trip oh. with my mom. We went to Disney nice. for a few days, so that was fun. It was supposed to be my mom and dad, but I had to step up to bat, so my dad can't take, <laughs> had to take one. I had to take yeah. one for the team, sure. so uh, my dad Sounds had to terrible. take care of our geriatric dog. <laughs> so um, mm. me and my mom got to spend some That's quality awesome. time together. So. You see anything new down there? Uh, I did. I got to ride Tron. Oh, wow. Yes. So one of Super my... Super VIP? Yes. How did this <laughs> uh, one of my uh, closer friends from college, she's been working down there since basically COVID. Yeah. Um, as a, She started in the college program and now she's just been working there um, full time with her boyfriend. And um, he took me and my mom as his guests with her. So... We all got to ride Tron twice, wow. so it was very cool. We rode it at night, um, so it was exciting. I've never been on a roller coaster that is like a bicycle. Yeah, I don't so. think very many people in the world have. I was it's very stressed. I was very stressed yeah. out the first. Were you comfortable time. on it? Um, I was fine. Like at first, I was freaking out a little bit just because, like, the way it pulls down, you pull the handlebar down, and then this like back piece back. comes yeah. down. I was fine on it. Um, her boyfriend's a little bit taller, and he was a little bit uncomfortable. But um, he was—I mean, once you're on it, you're on it. Yeah. But it was cool. That's awesome. I won't spoil anything about okay. it. Okay. Well, I mean, this I had could, fun. <laughs> this could push us into new podcast competition areas with all those Disney Disney tidbits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Disney food blog will be coming after us yes. in the near future. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you had a. A good trip overall. Great. Yep. And you got to ride Tron. Mm -hmm. It's not even supposed to be available until April. So, wow. Two months ahead of time. Look at you. VIP. Yeah. What can I say? That's great. Um, so, Super Bowl Sunday was yesterday. Chiefs beat the Eagles. Very close game. Um, I didn't have any request other than a tie, like right. many people. Me too. That Obviously, that doesn't happen in the Super Bowl, but it was a good game. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, I actually liked watching the Eagles coaching staff. Yeah. I thought they, I don't know if it's too technical, but I thought they play the game like a little bit differently. Like, I don't know. I've saw. I've never seen someone go for so many. Yeah. Like fourth and, like every quarterback sneak in that game they made. Yeah. Every like third to fourth down conversion they made. So it was just neat watching that. Yeah, very good young coach, 41-year-old. Yeah. I bet things yeah. will change a little bit. Um, Got to keep up. It's changing the game, yeah. so yeah. That's, the, that's the only compliment I'll give the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you have other compliments to go around for the game? Halftime, 
I liked Rihanna. Yeah, Rihanna did it. That was she did. fun. She was a hit at our house. The classics. Yeah. I liked Someone the farmers. I like the farmers dog commercial. Yeah. I like. Someone their... in my house wanted other guests to appear, like Jay Z, oh, show. But <laughs> I told my wife she can't always have multiple guests. You know, sometimes it's just about Rihanna. Right. So. As it should be. Yeah. So. She was very disappointed, especially when she saw Jay-Z walking in at the beginning of the game. So, ASAP Rocky a, was there. Yeah. So, I have to say for the game, look, I know everyone plays by the same rule book, and it's seen time and time again in the NFL, but the clock manipulation at the end of the game where the Chiefs player fell down. Look, I'm, I mean, if it was my team, if it was the Steelers, mm -hmm. I would say do the same thing. But it was a really tight, close, exciting game, and then they just manipulated the clock for the last two minutes. You know, which is disappointing whenever it kind right. of becomes anticlimactic after probably being one of the most exciting Super Bowls, you know, recently. But live and die by the clock, I guess, in the NFL, and the Chiefs definitely lived by it. So, um, on to I, the next year. Yeah. So, <laughs> switching back to the Shrew, um, definitely had a good election for him yeah. last week. Um, had a lot of people there, probably 30 to 40 people in attendance, probably a mix half of existing town meeting mm -hmm. members and half folks that are interested. Uh, I, I was happy to hear that when yeah. I, I asked how yeah. it went. And good question. Good. Great panel that uh, was assembled by Teresa Flynn, and uh, they all had unique perspectives, so she got a good cross-section mm -hmm. of town meeting. and. Um, it was a great forum. I hope we do it every year, actually, yeah. now, that, now that we did that. And First one being done, I think, makes it a little bit easier because yeah. people can expect it to be coming up and everything. Yeah. So. Sweet. It was really good. So. And I know you finished up your mm -hmm. um, financial um, management seminar with the uh, MMA program in Suffolk University. So how did that finish out for you? I landed in Hartford at 12.30 a.m. on Friday, got home at 1, and then woke up for class. And it was a great last session. We had the Department of Revenue come in and present on like their different bureaus that they have and the different services they offer. It was kind of just a great wrap-up. Um, the new town manager in Foxborough, um, he's currently Northboro's town administrator, John Coder. Coder was mm -hmm. there. Um, he did the morning session and he was awesome. So um, I, it was great. Good. Great uh, five weeks, 10 classes. So that's really good. Get my certificate soon in the mail. Um, add it to the wall. Nice. <laughs> Next to all your other awards that you've gotten so yes. far. Yeah. So. Um, it's been a lot that's been going on over just the past few days, less than a week. So, yeah. anything else on the shrew noteworthy? Um, residents I'll keep about? letting residents know that they can pick up their strategic plans now that we're going to talk about it today. Yeah. So, um, if people want uh, magazine copies that look fantastic, if I do say so myself, I agree. Um, they're at the town hall, library, and the council on aging. Um, but there's also a digital copy, and then I made like an interactive magazine on the town's website um, at shrewsburyma.gov strategic plan that people can click through. And if they have their volume on, it'll even make the sound of the page turning. Really? So, page turning yep. sounds. Mm -hmm. So 
Uh, Where will you go next? Exactly. Who knows? They'll read it to us next time, next iteration. <laughs> but let's just jump in, I guess, on the strategic plan, our project that we've been working on longer than people may know. Sure. So where did where did that start for Shrewsbury? Yeah, or for yourself, I guess. Well, it's, yeah, it started for me um, quite some time ago. I think I mentioned this in a prior uh, episode. I attended the um, University of Virginia has a program called LEAD. It's Leading, Educating, and Developing, and mm -hmm. it's a one-week-long program for local government leaders. And um, they have a um, curriculum focused on high-performance organizations uh, and tailored to local government. And that program had a lot of key takeaways that um, stuck with me. And um, there's kind of, you know, part one is aligning your vision just like you would a product to your yeah. customers. And obviously um, our customers are residents and business owners and property owners in the community. So um, building from there and then managing it on the back end. So from that program, um, that's what I had brought with me early on, and not only did I talk about that during my interview process, but it's something that I keyed in with the Slack board on. Um, even in my, I had a couple pre-meetings with um, the board members one-on-one -on -one before I even started. Yeah. So I signed my contract in May of 2017, and then throughout the month of June, I met with members uh, over that time um, before I actually arrived in early July uh, full-time. Mm -hmm. And um, it was one of the things we talked about then and then moved into a workshop in October of 2017. And I laid out my vision for the development of a vision for the community and a strategic plan, and that's how we should operate. Um, and the board picked up on it. And actually, um, over a short period of time, the first year or two in our conversations and strategies, figured out how to get it done. And they started to buy in a lot more and actually took the lead. and making sure that uh, when the time was right in the fall of 21, that we've had the funds in place and you know put the plan in place. So it's been a long conversation, but it's really a fundamental change in, in not only um, how we set priorities, but how we manage day to day. And I think over the course of this episode and the next episode, we'll really dive deep into those various matters. And the process itself to even have a consultant and get to like the formulation of the plan was kind of a long process too with the, RF, the request for proposals and developing like what we actually wanted to ask mm -hmm. um, these planners for, I guess. Right, yeah, so um, we're required, you know, we're gonna spend more than $50,000. We have to go through a formal process under the Massachusetts general laws. So mm -hmm. we use the request for proposals process, which means we tell um, potential bidders what we're looking for in their qualifications and how much money we're willing to spend and what the scope of work it, it is that we want to take on. And then we receive those and we first look at the qualifications of those entities that responded. And I think we had, it can help remind me, like eight responses, quite a, eight to 10 yeah. responses, like very good, right? That, that's a, that's a, a higher than average number of responses. And uh, we poured through those with a small team at the town hall and members of the select board. And um, so we first looked at the qualifications. 
-hmm. many plans have you done? Who have you worked with in the past as far as the consultants were concerned? And then um, we had the key component, which now talking to the consultant that we ultimately um, put into place, which is Raftalis, we had so much emphasis on public engagement yep. because that's where we really wanted our plan to come from, the residents. Um, so we are we were unique in that a lot of our requirements came in the pre-plan development and soliciting feedback from the community. So that was a little bit different. So um, it took a unique proposal from Raftalis and um, they chose to support and provide a vision for the project plan differently than, than other consultants and that's really why we selected them. And then soon after we signed the contract, we jumped right into having internal meetings and external meetings. So I remember we met um, with a smaller group of town staff, the department heads, then ended up having Raptelis meet with boarding committee um, representatives in the like late fall, early winter to kind of get the train rolling. Right, exactly. Raftalis was keen in telling us that, you know, they wanted to ground themselves in, you know, uh, the formal stakeholders, the town staff mm -hmm. who would ultimately implement the plan, the select board who would be responsible for the ownership of the plan and boarding committee representatives who see how the government operates right now and um, have connections to the community, their residents themselves, but they also hear from a lot of residents and their official business as committee members and wanted to make sure that, one, I think that gives Raftels the opportunity to understand the town and right. who they're working with and the characteristics that um, make Shrewsbury unique and allows the, allowed them to shape how they were actually going to support us in implementing the development of the plan. Yeah, and then we kind of moved into that, I would say it's probably like nine months, six, seven, eight, nine months of mm -hmm. community engagement because that national community survey was part of that. And we can jump deeper into that public part of it a little bit later, but we did the national community survey January to March. March we met with um, community groups and stakeholders kind of one-on-one -on -one with different town staff volunteers. Um, select board got their hands back on the plan and we had more of a concrete draft that we got to look at and then we went back out to the community again. So it's kind of like a cycle of meeting and getting feedback and meeting again. So I, I just thought it was well done. Yeah, it's like a process of refinement, right? Like every yeah. time we go out to a broad group and then bring, bring it back to a small group and filter things mm -hmm. out and distill everything down into its key components. And then we take those key components and throw them back out there to a bigger group and refine it, distill it down um, and really get it into, you know, so folks were able to, we could say to folks, is that, are we hearing what you're telling us, right? Is this accurate? And they would also add, so it would just, it just kept kind of building on itself and becoming more and more refined and distilled into the plan that we ultimately ended up with, which I think is stronger than like a one and done approach or yeah. um, an internal only or an external only approach. I felt like it helped us kind of blend those two parts of it together, really like what did. we see as an organization and then what community wants from I think them it's, as well. I just want to point out, so some of those, a lot of the engagement with town staff was focused on 
on uh, the mission statement. Right. So uh, as we look at the plan and we'll be merging into that, the first three areas that, that we really constructed was uh, the mission and values, mm -hmm. and that was uh, done internally by town staff. And the mission was done internally by the town staff because it's really defining who we are as the servant leaders to the community right. and how do we commit to each other and to the community uh, that we're going to serve them. So uh, the values aren't necessarily values of the community at large, but it's the values of the staff that are implementing the strategic plan and the same with the mission. Right. Uh, the town itself as a community doesn't have a mission, but we as staff have built a, a mission. It's, it's our sole reason for coming to work each and every day, mm -hmm. um, serving the residents. And, and our mission statement, which is, in Shrewsbury, we're dedicated professionals who work creatively and collaboratively to provide exceptional services that enhance the quality of life and surpass the needs of those we serve, you know, defines how it is that we consider each and every task that we take mm -hmm. on and how we work with individual residents, customers, business owners, potential developers on a day-to-day right. -day basis. Just the organization at large and what our goal is basically. That's right. Guiding statement. Um, and just from your perspective, why do you think like strategic plans are important for local governments? Like why should more local governments embark on the strategic planning process? Right, I mean, be, I, mean I, I, I have really two main thoughts on that. One, it brings that connection to the community that I've already talked about, mm -hmm. you know, um, you ask your residents who you're here to serve each and every day what it is that is most important to them. Um, and the second part of that is that because you have that understanding from them, you can just be much more efficient in what right. you focus on. So you're not out there. We have a very diverse portfolio of requirements that we um, are obligated through federal and state laws to provide to our residents, and those things will always be there. But whenever we have any discretionary dollars or we have the ability to shift funds from one area to another, um, when and where and how do we do that, right? So we become more efficient when we know what the residents want and expect of us. So we're connected to them and understand what they need and then we can implement that more efficiently to them on the right. other side and, and provide them the best value. Just that alignment again, yep. like we heard from you during mm -hmm. this process. We understand what you want from us as yep. your local government, and now we're aligned. <laughs> and, and I guess I'll add one third part to this, which is just as important as all uh, as the first two, is we can then judge ourselves. The residents right. can judge us. We can, another way to put that is we can track and measure performance. Are we doing um, what we told the residents we were going to do? Or are we making progress towards meeting their vision and goals that they've set out for us? And we can communicate that back to them, um, which is important to be a transparent local government and sharing how we've expended the resources and, and dedicated them over time. So I don't know how deep we want to dive into the specifics of the plan, but we already touched on like that vision, the vision statement and the values associated with the organization. Do you want to just jump into the vision statement for the community and then those different outcome areas and maybe some of the strategies? Yeah, I think associated? that I think we can get into those. Sure. So the vision statement that um, 
was the kind of the first distilling of information that the select board did from the preliminary feedback through the national community survey and, mm -hmm. and the meeting uh, with the smaller groups was uh, as follows. Shrewsbury is a vibrant collaborative community where all can thrive. So very simplistic a yet aspirational statement. Right. Um, you know, in my opinion and the opinion of, of many others who do this work is a vision statement is not something that you're ever able to achieve. It always um, should be aspirational and drive you to continue to refine and do things better than, you know, today than you did yesterday. And I think we set a really optimistic and aspirational uh, outlook, uh, even though we've defined this plan as focused on 2030, I would see a vision statement like this uh, being improved over time, right. but not necessarily achieved over time. Yeah. So, um, and then at the, you know, going from the broadest aspect of the plan being the vision statement to some of the more defined aspects of the plan that we can actually work on, we came up with, or the residents and, and the outcome of this plan um, and all the work that was done, identified five key outcome areas uh, for us to focus. So mm -hmm. um, those, the first area, which uh, we heard time and time again and, and, and received the most feedback from residents on, uh, has been uh, developed into an outcome area called engaged and connected. And that outcome area really focuses on um, how we interact with residents, how we receive feedback from them, how we provide information to them. Uh, we talked many times about how the Town Manager Download podcast is a result of the information that we receive from the strategic plan. Right. So finding more opportunities, more different, or more different, uh, <laughs> additional ways to engage with our residents, um, this podcast and this uh, medium being one of them, um, is exactly what this outcome area asks us to do. And some, some of the other things that we're uh, focusing on is developing a citizen's academy so residents can learn more about the details of local government operations. Mm -hmm. Taylor, you're working on um, a quarterly newsletter yep. um, that will um, pull together uh, organization-wide information and distribute it to residents. Um, we've, many departments, um, even since the implementation of the strategic plan, have broadened their social media portfolio and uh, expanding out into Instagram and, and Facebook if they weren't already there. So really, what's the best way we can communicate with residents in a multi-directional uh, format? And then exceptional was the second area that kind of was more, was the most internal facing part of it. And that was kind of just how we can be exceptional public servants and leaders um, for residents covering things from things under the ground, like the infrastructure to like the services we can offer within town hall that might be more self-service um, focused um, just for convenience and transparency. Right, yeah, and this is definitely the most in internal facing and, and drives a lot of administration and finance aspects of the organization to constantly improve even if residents can't see what it is that we're doing. Then the two, the next two areas, um, I think makes the most sense to talk about uh, together. Mm -hmm. And the first one's thriving and the second strategic outcome area is, is prosperous. And thriving is really finding ways to uh, build the entire community up um, 
from public health and public safety initiatives, how can we really residents uh, really allow residents uh, to thrive? If you think about um, um, hierarchy of needs, this really is the basis of, of everyone's uh, needs and making sure that they um, can go out in the community and, and find a path for themselves to be as successful as they want to be and um, provides that those common services like transportation and sidewalks and bike lanes and uh, cultural and social experiences. Um, and then prosperous is more economic oriented and mm -hmm. less socially oriented. So it's about economic development and um, streamlined licensing processes and um, strategies to bring more businesses into the community and partnering with business districts and um, how we tie residential uses uses and business uses together. So um, those I always like to you know talk about those two areas together because they they benefit each other. But right. one's a social component of the services we provide, and one's more of an economic and fiscal uh, component. And then the last area was or is sustainable which kind of explains itself, but is more that climate action focused area. So we included the climate action and resiliency plan in there as one of the strategies um, and just improvements on like town facilities and equipment um, kind of moving us in that direction as well as the open and natural space protection and best use of those resources. Right, so we took all that work over the course of you know, 12 to 14 months and distilled it into these five um, outcome areas, which again brings focus to what it is that we do, not only on a day-to-day -day basis, but when we build the annual budget process. Uh, the board was very diligent in using these five strategic outcome areas to um, devise the plan for using American mm -hmm. Rescue Plan Act dollars, which I thought was really smart on their behalf because um, that's another thing that strategic plan does. It doesn't mean we're not gonna have that constant engagement with residents, right. but when we're in a situation where we have to, um, when we're making decisions, we can always rely upon this uh, set of information to help guide uh, decisions no matter what the topic is. So we used it for our American Rescue Plan Act uh, funding decisions, uh, and then went to the community and sought feedback from them at that point. It was actually funny on Friday, um, during that morning session, we were talking about the GFOA budget award and one of the new like best practices for that national best practice standard is like strategic planning and community and community engagement being like a central part of the okay. budget process. So it was exciting that we were kind of already doing that. Yeah, getting more already doing a national yeah. best practice. So definitely, um, and just the community engagement methods we did all. Right. Check the you all check the box. all box. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to gloss over that because it was a key component of the first part of this plan that led to those five strategic outcome areas. But when you say all, we really did try to check every box. So we started with the National Community Survey, which, you know, it was very intentional. We wanted to use a very broad survey that not only, uh, well, that we could use to benchmark ourselves against mm -hmm. um, other communities, how did other communities perform in a particular area, water, sewer, public safety. Mm -hmm. um, and not only how do we compare to them, but 
what was how did residents feel in a very scientific way about the work that we do so right. it was very ground grounded in the principles of uh, survey standards uh, we used our own dedicated website um, get involved shrewsbury.com and um, traditional social media but Taylor why don't you talk about the small group engagement we did as kind of the second phase yeah so I thought the second round that we did in the summer into the early fall was probably the most exciting for me besides the um, stakeholder group engagement in March mm -hmm. um, both of them I felt like I got to meet a lot of residents and people and just have good one-on-one -on -one discussions um, we attended together a lot of already going on community events like the food truck um, farmers market national night out and just kind of set up shop um, where people already were and got to talk to a lot of people about the strategic plan about town in general um, I think we got a lot of meaningful feedback that way um, the people we engaged with them even if they didn't leave an item of feedback they were aware of the plan they knew what was going on I just felt like it was a very effective way to just connect with the town on a new level that I feel like that we haven't done before. Yeah. Um, especially post-COVID, I think people just like seeing town faces Yeah, no, around. It, was <laughs> it was great to be out and just interact with residents. And, um, you know, some people were hesitant to come over and didn't want to get tied up. But, um, you know, we, we had good conversations all in all, and it was rather informal, which was our intent. And right. I think those conversations and asking questions and sharing what we were doing was very successful and gathering more information uh, than you ever can, even just through a survey process. So um, and we, we scheduled meetings with residents, right? Like we, we would have two or three evening meetings, two or three daytime meetings mm -hmm. where we were sharing the draft plan and soliciting feedback. Honestly, we didn't have a ton of participation in those. We had a lot more participation in the stakeholder group meetings and the survey responses and in the uh, folks engaging us with us in person in those events that you just went through. Um, so it's, it's an indication that traditional meeting formats right. and public engagement may not be the most effective any longer. And it's something that we'll always uh, think about going forward and how we're going to request and receive feedback from the public. Right. It's probably the lowest category if we put everything together. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it was just valuable information to learn too mm -hmm. in general for the future yep. of what we not spend our efforts on because I scheduling the meeting and showing up, I'm happy to always do that. Yeah. If even if one or two people show up, I think that Still makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Difference to talk to someone, meet someone new, but um, you know, those community events definitely made a difference in our mm -hmm. engagement and just like connection with the community, yeah. so. So in the beginning we did the national community survey and then at the end we did this final push through a mailed mm -hmm. survey to each and every resident, which gave them the opportunity either to do an online response or mail their response back. And that really helped tip the scales and push our numbers of resident engagement up even higher. So that was like about as traditional as basic right. as you can get. So. Right. On the one end, the National Community Survey, you know, was a contract and, and we spent about $20,000 to have a company really analyze, dig deep, benchmark, compare. And then at the end, we did that more internal. You did it more <laughs> internal, um, kind of orchestrated that yourself, developed your own survey questions, 
um, and compiled the responses. Both very effective, but right. um, it just goes to the breadth, breadth of public engagement that we did. And it's something that I would really encourage communities to do. There, it can't be a one and done approach to community right. engagement. Meet people where they are, give everyone as many opportunities as you can to find a way to um, provide you the feedback that you're looking for. And mo modalities too, just every traditional to online to in-person, just right. hit them all. I read every single survey. Yes. I read yep. every and single, and I've recorded them yep. in an, like I. Yep, it's all there. It's all yep. there. And all we gave away was free COVID tests. Right, and stickers. And stickers, yep. We won't tell you which one was more exciting. Popular. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, Hopefully, we never have to give free COVID tests away right. any other survey right. opportunity. Only stickers. Yes. Stickers only. Um, another common question I feel like we got a lot was kind of how the strategic plan fits in with the other plans and projects that we've worked on in town that mm -hmm. kind of sounds similar, like right. the master plan. Yeah. Um, so the master plan is a land use plan, and, and I think it's what people pointed us, to us the most and asked that question, and like, how is it gonna work? And in my mind, the strategic plan is broader, more broad than the master plan. It um, will help guide and influence the next iteration of the master plan when it comes to land use. Mm -hmm. I think we are trying to um, compensate through our most recent master plan uh, for the fact that we didn't have a comprehensive strategic, strategic plan. plan, and therefore the current master plan had non-land use aspects to it, yeah. but the strategic plan takes ownership and responsibility over that part of the organization, and going forward the master plan, um, except for where it's appropriate to talk about things that aren't land use related, will just be focused. Um, so in a sentence, everything will be subservient to mm -hmm. the strategic plan. It'll be our central um, document. strategy document uh, that we'll use in um, annual planning and multi-year planning going forward. I think kind of the most exciting part for me is that we're already doing a lot of work um, on projects that are strategies in the section, kind of showing that alignment we've been talking about the whole episode. Um, between the work of the town and what residents told us through all those different feedback opportunities. Yeah. Um, do any kind of jump to mind right off the bat for you? Well, we talked about this. Um, we're, we're, we're doing the podcast and we're out there working on this project. Uh, the climate action plan is, is named specifically in the strategic plan mm -hmm. and we're, we're working on that. The multimodal transportation study for the town center is all about enhancing community connections and providing um, things under that prosperous strategic outcome area. Like how can we make the town center more successful? How can we bring businesses in? How can we get residents to come to that area more easily and, and make it more desirable? Um, we've accomplished a lot in our uh, public infrastructure uh, improvements and we'll continue to work on that. This affirms uh, although we didn't necessarily need a strategic plan to affirm that people want clean water, it really helps make the case for that continued investment. investment. It's going to be significant, but it's really important. And, um, you know, there's many other communities throughout the country from time to time that have struggled with their core public infrastructure, water, sewer, other things. 
And uh, the only way to do that is to be very proactive. Only way to not do that is to be very proactive right. uh, and make those investments over the course of time. Um, it's just heartbreaking to see other communities having to go through those challenges, knowing that although the funding isn't always there, um, you have to make those investments if you don't want to be in those um, poor public health conditions for your community. Right. Um. Think that really ties together the whole plan as a as a document, and um, it it took us a long time to get here. You know, we started. We talked about a multi year process, really at least for me from 2017 through uh, the plan being adopted by the board in January of 2023. So for fellow local government managers that are considering taking this project on, especially if you're in a community that really isn't goal oriented or performance oriented, there's a lot of um, time, you know, yeah. I didn't necessarily think it would take that long, um, but lining things up with your budget process, having the funds in place, getting the commitment for your board or council is critical, and I'm glad we didn't rush it, right? Like right. We came out with a really good plan um, because of that deliberate process that we took, and um, it also puts us in a, in a, in a good position um, but I feel today that like the next step is the most important and that's really how we're going to implement this plan. Um, not only is it a really good looking document that we can rely upon, there's no way we're gonna let it collect dust right. because we want to put our money where our mouth is and, and really carry out the implementation of the strategic plan. And that's what we're gonna focus on our at least preliminary thinking of in our next episode. Um, is uh, the second part of uh, this two-part episode. So I guess at this time, I take the opportunity to thank everyone for joining us for part one of our two-part series on the 2030 strategic plan for the town of Shrewsbury. It's been another great uh, conversation on the town manager download. If you join us for part two, we'll discuss the implementation and process improvement side of strategic planning. If you have a question or comment, you can always reach us at tmdownload at shrewsburyma.gov. So on behalf of Taylor Galusha, I'm Kevin Mizikar. Thank you for listening to the Town Manager Download Podcast.